Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. Welcome to the month of February, what we like to call the love month. Isn't that great? (laughs) If this is the first time that you're here, welcome to the Gap Church. This is the home of the sent ones. Uh, We are filling the gap through freedom and the truth, and I would like to welcome you. My name is David Oladarapotusin. I have the privilege of being the lead pastor here at the Gap Church, and um, thank you guys. I appreciate you. We have an amazing uh, family here, and thank you for joining us today. If this is your first time, like I said, welcome. Um, If this is your 50th time, welcome. We treat you all the same. Um, I want to... Uh, to let you all know, and I, was, and I was thinking about it earlier today, I want you all to know that every single person that is in this room has been prayed for. And when I say that, I more so mean this from the perspective that we pray on every chair. We pray that God brings people here, not necessarily for numbers, but because people need to be transformed. And so if you are here, you are a testimony because God is going to do something. Amen? Y'all believe that? And so we are in the month of love, and of course, Many of you and many people are expecting that we're going to talk about relationships, we're going to talk about marriage, we're going to talk about all things juicy, come on. Uh, (laughs) um, But I'm here to burst your bubble, um, as I always like to do. I'm here to burst your bubble. We are starting a new series today, um, and it is called Scars. Everybody say Scars. Scars. Come on. And I love the tagline, welcome to therapy. Um, And so... For those who are like, ah, oh, man, here we go. Therapy, here we go. I want you to know that, um, let you know this, that in our society, therapy is a place. But the reality is that when you actually look at therapy, therapy is not a place. It's an action. It's a verb. Come on. When you take your medicine for your headache, that's therapy. And so... Um, over the next four weeks, we're going to be going in this series, and it's going to be a very intentional and very important series. Um, And why are we talking about scars? Um, We can talk about relationships. We can talk about love. We can talk about marriage and dating and and, and being, um, having great friendships. Um, But I think it's important that we address what's the point of having that if us as individuals, we're not whole. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? If we're not whole, many of people come into relationships or friendships, um, marriages, whatever it may be, and they're coming because they're wanting someone to, to fill a void or they're lacking something and so they are expecting something from the other person. And um, that's very problematic sometimes. It works sometimes for some people, but sometimes it doesn't. And so we're going to get down and dirty in this, um, in this series. A couple of things that I want us to do as a church, we went over the culture code last year, or sorry, last week. Well, we went over the culture code last week. And there's two things that I want us to do from that culture code specifically today that I want to implement in the service, even as the word is going forth. Number one, I want us to be sensitive. What did I say? Sensitive. Sensitive in in a a couple ways. Sensitive to um, the topic. Sensitive, number two, to the person next to you. Um, Just because it may not affect you doesn't mean it's not affecting the person next to you. Right? So being sensitive to the person next to you as well. And being sensitive to spiritually what's happening in this room. Because this is just the first week of what I believe will create a lot of healing and deliverance. The second thing I want us to um, make sure we enforce today is that this home is safe. And many times when people say that, we're just like, oh, here we go. You know, here comes the church. Safe, safe, safe. No, but we are a home that is safe. And when we're saying that, 
is that this, if there's any place that you should be able to run to and cry, it should be here. Right? Like, it should be here. I would rather you run here and express all your emotions before God than go before ChatGBT, <laughs> go before TikTok or anything else. This is the place. And because of that, this place is safe. If God is here, it's safe. Amen? And so we're going to go right into it. Um, lean in. It might feel a little bit weird at times, but trust me, it's going to all make sense. And so scars. Let's start. I'm going to open the Bible to Luke 24, 36 to 41. Luke 24, 36 to 41. Luke 24, 36 to 41. Jesus, this is after we see that a miracle happens. Jesus Christ has just been risen um, or the the stone has been turned and he's not in the grave. And so he has a couple of encounters with some people, um, important people. And then he meets his disciples. And so we're meeting um, Jesus in the scripture at that point. So let's start from, uh, yeah, 36. It says, while the two were telling them this, suddenly the Lord, Jesus Christ himself, stood among them and said to them, peace be with, verse 37. They were terrified. Obviously, they're terrified because he's supposed to be dead, guys, let's be honest. They were terrified thinking that they were seeing a, a ghost, verse 38. He said, but he said to them, why are you alarmed? Why are these doubts coming up in your mind? Verse 39. And he says this. I want to pay attention to this. He says, look at my hands and my feet and see that it is I myself. Feel me and you will know for a ghost doesn't have flesh and bones. As you can see, I have. Verse 40. He said this and showed them his hands and his feet. Verse 41. And it says, they still could not believe him. They were so full of joy and wonder. So we asked them, do you have anything here to eat? Bless the reading of God's word. This encounter we see in scripture is very important. Jesus Christ comes to the disciples or a few of them, obviously, after he's supposed to be proclaimed dead. Obviously, he's been telling them multiple times, you know, that, oh, the, uh, the son of God is going to have to die. And he will then, he's been telling them, but I guess they really didn't believe it. So he pulls up on them and many of them are like, this must be a ghost. And he says to them, no, it's really me. And so what he does is that he puts up his hands and he says, look at my hands and look at my feet. He says this because for those that know on the cross, what happens? They pierced his hands and his. Not just that, I'm sure there's many other things. There was a crown of thorns. So I'm sure all of these marks were present when they were looking at him. So, but not only just that, he said, not just look at it, but he said what? Touch it and feel it. So you can know that it's really me. It would be a different story if Jesus came to them all healed up. But he came to them just as he had entered the grave. Just with all the abuse, everything on him. All the wounds still present. To the point that he can say, yeah, that place that they punctured my side because I was already dead. Put your hand in there and know what's really me. And so as I was preparing for this first week of this series, I really had to relate with what the scripture was saying because it really challenged me. Obviously, as a pastor, it's really easy for me to come up here and um, be very spiritual. But I wanted to make sure that I could be as relatable as possible, but also process this scripture from a very humane place. And so 
I'll tell a quick story and then I'll relate everything. About six years ago, I was in college. The second semester, I was involved in a very crazy car accident. Y'all can put picture one up there. There we go. I was involved in a very crazy car accident. Um, and uh, if you see on the pictures here, um, you see there's glass right here. I was sitting in the passenger seat. I was sitting in the passenger seat. So I was in that, um, in the car when this happened. It happened around like 3 or 4 a.m. in the morning. Don't ask me what I was doing. Um, <laughs> y'all can ask me, but don't, don't, I ain't going to tell you up here. <laughs> you know, um, but obviously you see at some point we had EMT and police come. Obviously, Mr. Guy is over here, you know, just looking at the car. Um, and so, um, and what happened is that um, if you ask me then how I survived, I don't know how. Um, now I do know why. Um, but from this car accident, I sustained many injuries. And let's go, uh, hold on real quick, guys. Before we do this, if you don't like gruesome pictures, just close your eyes. I'm not even trying to boost it, but let's go to part two. And so I sustained a lot of gruesome injuries through this car accident. Um, I don't know how I got out the car because even when I look at the car, the door was jammed. So I think I just hopped out of the window or some sort. You know, adrenaline is on high, guys, during these type of moments. And so um, I was definitely, like, woozy at this point. But I remember I just told myself to just take a picture of myself in the ambulance. And so this is, like, the first appearance. I'm now in the hospital here. The blood is all dried up. They're... they're Police reports are happening, and then this is after they've cleaned me up, stitched me up a bit. Um, but as you see me taking these pictures, I'm trying to come into terms with what my new normal looks like. I'm coming to terms with, man, I guess I'm not the fine boy, no pimple anymore. <laughs> the juice has just reduced. That actually rhymed. Wow, that actually rhymed. That was a good one. I'm trademarking that one. <laughs> But I was coming to reality with what my new normal would look like. And so over the next few weeks and months, we can go to picture three, I began to see a better picture of what my new reality would look like. I literally became best friends with aloe vera and neosporin. Um, I started to wear more hats. Many people know that I like to wear hats. This is where it started, really, because I had to wear hats so that the sun would not damage the scarring and make it worse. And so I began to, have, I began to see a lot of scarring happen. Um, and in that moment, it was really hard for me because here's the thing about scars, guys, and here's the thing about wounds that happen. I'm sure you can look at a scar on your body right now and remember what house you were in, remember um, which sibling was screaming at who, um, <laughs> you know, or um, I'll be honest, or which parent was being super abusive at the time. You can look at a scar and hear the screams. Visualize the home. Visualize the home. Visualize the innocence at the time. And so as I looked at myself in the mirror, I start to recount. And this is, of course, some of us call this PTSD. But start to have PTSD of like, man, the car did this and then it did this and this. Is. And so every time I looked in the mirror, I would just have this reality like, man, this is what I'm dealing with now. And so, as I began to prepare this message and read this scripture, I'm not going to lie, it was very hard for me to read. Because what I saw Jesus do was that I, I couldn't come to terms with the fact that after Jesus being betrayed, being spit on, losing his father, being betrayed by his hometown, 
having his closest disciples betray him and forsake him, having to see his mother cry at the cross because he was dying, seeing everyone that so supported him leaving at the moment he was on the cross. I could not understand why in the world would Jesus have this much boldness and this so, so much security to show these same wounds and scars. It's one thing to show them, but to tell someone, hey, feel it? Did he forget about what everyone else did to him? Has he just forgotten all the, all the trauma and all the things that he experienced? And so for me, I had to think of it from, it's very easy for me to think of it from a very pastoral, spiritual perspective. But I had to look at it from the human perspective because I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. So, so, so why would he do that? And for me, the first answer that I'm sure a lot of us will come to is that, I mean, he is the son of God, isn't he? Right? But I don't believe that Jesus or God sent his son in human form for us to just say he is the son of God. I don't believe that that's fair to say that Jesus isn't emotional. I don't think it's fair to say that Jesus wasn't battling with having to look at those scars, having to look at the wounds, and having to see people he said, you're going to betray me, you're going to forsake me, really do it. Having to sit in front of the people who maybe some of them he healed, and know he could say a word that could free him, but hear the chance of them saying, crucify, crucify, crucify. And so I just couldn't understand why. And so I had to go the next level. I said, I know we serve a God who understands our emotions. Who unders he has to understand because I can't get on this platform and tell someone that's been raped that you just have to, give it to put, put it together and tell your testimony. Get it over with. Jesus did it. I can't come up here and tell someone that's been, that's been dealing with wet dreams because somebody, somebody took their virginity from them and manipulated them that. Just get over it. Let God use you. I can't come on this altar and tell someone that has, has never had a present father that it's okay. Share your story. I can't get on this platform and tell someone that you know, it's going to be all for glory, God's, God's glory. I mean, it's honest, it's true, but I can't tell someone that, you know, even though it may be the truth, it will be very insensitive of me to just say that knowing that your parents have been blaming you since they moved from the country, moved from another country here. Well, it's because of you were struggling. I can't do that because that... <laughs> I know the God we serve understands what we're going through. And so I began to dig deep into all these things. And I said, okay, there, there's an emotional side because something shifted. There was something that shifted. I, I, I knew God is, I knew Jesus has always been bold. I know Jesus has always been, uh, 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 he's always been expressive. But something must have shifted because I remember he was in the garden at one time. Pleading before his father. Not just that, I know that Jesus was, was before a tomb. And there were women crying and saying that Lazarus is dead. Lazarus is dead. And him being overwhelmed with agony. 
And a lot of us know the famous scripture where it says, Jesus what? Jesus wept. So I know that there must be something he did to get to the place where he can walk into a room, knowing all the trauma he went through, knowing that he was spit on, and be able to show his wounds and say, touch it. Oh, you don't believe that God did something? Touch it. I, I just couldn't understand it. But I began to look at my own situation because I'm trying to process these. But I, I began to look at my situation and say, okay, okay, what helped me? What helped me? What, what, what did I do? Because, you know, for me, I, I, I have a firm belief that I am I've been past everything that happened six years ago. I've been healed. I've been delivered from all the fears and all the anxieties and all the trauma that came with it and all things that happened to me in my childhood. I'm free from that. But what did I do? Because I'm not perfect. And every day I'm going to come before you and say, look at my scars and look at my wounds. But there's something that Jesus is doing that I also did as well. And so I went to those emotional places where it could seem as if Jesus was at his weakest point. The first instance, of course, was the story of Lazarus. John eleven thirty three to 34. John eleven thirty three to 34, and I'll read a little bit between the scripture. John 11, yeah, John eleven thirty three to 34. It said, Jesus saw her weeping, and he saw how the people with her were weeping also. His heart was touched, and he was deeply moved. Verse 34, he asked, where have you buried him? He asked them, come and see now, they answered. Verse 36, I want to skip forward. And so someone says, see how much he loved him, the people said. Verse 37, but some of them said, he gave sight to the blind man, didn't he? Could he not have kept Lazarus from dying? Verse 38, deeply moved once more. Jesus went to the tomb, which was a cave, with the stone placed at the entrance. I want to skip down to verse 40. Jesus said to her, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believed? Verse 41, they took the stone away. Here's the important thing I want us to see. Jesus looked up and said, I thank you, Father, because I know you listen to me. And here's really important, verse 42. I know that you always listen to me, but, that word is so important, but, because but almost disqualifies everything he just said. But, I say this for the sake of the people here, so that they will believe that you sent me. Because in the situation I'm in right now, I don't know how the miracle is going to happen. I put my faith in you, and now I'm overwhelmed with, with, with emotions. I'm, I'm, I'm sad. God, I don't know what is going to happen. So, God, I know you listen to me. I know you hear me. But please, for the sake of my authentication, for the sake of my story, for the sake of my testimony, for the sake of all these things, please do what, you're, please do what I need you to do. That's one instance. I'm going to tie it together. The second instance, I love to reference the scripture so much. Luke 22, 41 to 44. 
Luke 22, 41 to 44. This is the moment that Jesus was going to get arrested. It said, and he was withdrawn from them about a, a, throne, a, a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Verse 43. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. Verse 44. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. You see, in these two scriptures, what I started to understand and, and come into understanding that I didn't even know I did, that I began to see in this story, was in these two moments, in moments that, and I'm sure in many moments that were traumatic for Jesus Christ, where his flesh was about to give out. Him saying, not my will, but your will be done, is basically him saying, I'm going to trust you. That was it. I know it sounds cliche, like, oh, you just, you just dragged us along just to say, that's all it is. No, no, no. But understand this. He said, I'm going to trust you because I know there's trauma on the way. I'm going to trust you because you know what best to do with my wounds. If I trust something else, if I trust my flesh, if I trust something else, these stripes that will be on my back will speak anger. That's what they say that the blood of Jesus speaks a better word than the... Because what was speaking out of those wounds and those scars is different. So he says, I'm going to trust you because I know that if I can trust you, even with seeing a domestic violence and abusive relationship with my parents, if I can just trust you with all these things I say, I know that you can do something with it. If I can trust you with this addiction I'm dealing with, God, I, that, I know that you, you can do more, than it, more with it than I can do with it. And so that was it. I don't feel like it, but you know what? I, I'm going to trust you. In Hebrews 4, 14 to 16, 4, 14 to 16, the scripture says, Let us then hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we have a great high priest who has gone into the very presence of God, Jesus, the Son of God. Verse 15. Our high priest is not one who cannot feel sympathy or for our weakness, right? On the contrary, we have a high priest who was, who was tempted in every way that we are but did not sin. Verse 16. Let us have confidence then and approach God's throne where there is, his grace is sufficient, guys, I'm telling you. There, will re, there we will receive mercy and find grace to help us just when we, the scripture lets us know that we serve a savior who is not unaware of the temptations. I want us, I was saying this in the first service that I begin to understand that when it comes to temptations, we may see temptations as, you know, a really good-looking guy walking across or maybe a money opportunity that's probably not the most honest thing. But really, when we see temptation in the Scripture, temptation is really an option of being able to do something and not necessarily do it. Let's be honest. It says Jesus was tempted just as we were tempted. So that means that he was most likely, and I promise you, he was tempted 
many times to trust in other things besides his father. Understand that. How many times are we tempted to trust other things? He was tried and tempted that, hey, he asked his father, if it is your will, please take this cup away from me. Jesus knows what the will of his father is. <laughs> Understand that. But he still asked him. He said, if it's your will, if anything has changed since I, I left, can you please take this cup away from me? Because there's some moments where you have to just, the temptation is there that I think I'm ready to throw in the towel. But he chose to trust him. And so when I now looked at the scripture where Jesus comes into the room and he goes to his disciples, I started to get more understanding about how bold and why he, bold, how, why he was so bold. And I understood because before a nail ever went through his hand, before the crown of thorns was placed on his head, he had practiced trusting God. When his father passed away, God, I'm going to trust you. I know you're my real father, but this hurts too. This is my earthly father. He taught me everything I know. Carpenting, the practical skills. When he went to his hometown and they began to be familiar with him, God, this hurts, but I'm going to trust you. When he looked and he sat at the table with two of his disciples that he's poured out his life into, poured out all of his resources, his time into, and he knew that God was saying that these two will betray you. God, I'm going to have to trust you. Understand that until you trust God with every wound, every trauma, every scar that you've been through, that you're going through, you will never be able to show anybody. You won't be able to say, look at it. No, you won't be able to. And so what I want us to do for the next few minutes, we do this in the first service because this is part of the first step of trusting God is, and I want you guys to bring me that board over here. We're going to all get some paper, some, some, um, some paper, and I want you to write down the specific wound and scar that you want God to trust you with or that you want to trust God with. Thank you. In the first service, we, we had, the first service, people have already put theirs on here. And every single, every single wound and scar on this right here is very, very, very important. And I want you guys to be as honest as possible because this is not for us, but it's towards God. Be your real self in front of God. And so it's not about you saying, I trust you with this, but I want you to put specifically, God, my wound is anxiety. God, I'm still dealing with the depression from being in, in, in my home. I'm still dealing with, with, with images of being exposed to pornography at an early age. God, I'm still dealing with so many things. I need, I, I need you to address, I, I need to trust you with this because I've been, I've been trusting myself for the longest and nothing is happening. God, with this porn addiction, I got to trust you with it. God, 
I've put to the side. I was raped when I was younger, and I put it to the side. No one knows about it, and I've been trying to trust myself with it, and it's not working because every day it eats me up. So, God, I trust you with it. God, I was in a, in a terrible relationship, and I had to abort a baby. Hello. I'm going to be real, guys. And I want us to take this serious. We're being what? Sensitive what? Sensitive, and this is a house that is safe. And so I want you to write it down as honest as you can because this is the first step to declaring to God, I'm trusting you with this. God, I'm trusting you. I was sexually harassed by, by family members when I was younger, and, and I don't know what to do. My parents, my parents didn't say anything about it. They know. I lost, I lost a sibling or I lost a parent, and, and, I've been, and I've been grieving, and I don't know what to do. God, I'm still, I'm still dealing with it. That's my wound. God, my parents, my parents didn't show me any love when I was younger. They didn't show me any love at all. And so I went from man to man, woman to woman, sleeping with them, having sexual encounters because I wanted to feel something. God, I don't know what to do. I need to trust you with this wound. God, I felt like my parents never loved me. And I'm still dealing with it. God, I feel rejected. Everyone else is going to college on scholarships. Everybody's parents is paying for their kids, but my parents can't even support me. And I, I'm working tirelessly hour after hour just to make ends meet, just to go to school. God, I've, I've been educated by the world on, on so many different things, and, and I was hoping that my parents would have those tough talks with me, but they never did. And because of that, I was exposed to homosexuality. I was exposed to same-sex attraction from a young age. God, I don't know how to deal with it, but I got to trust you with it. God, there's some people that said some crazy stuff to me, and I've been angry. I've been trying to, trying to work my way up just to prove them wrong, that I'm going to come up. All my intentions are just to make sure that they know that I've been up. But God, it's not working. God, I wanted a sense, of, sense of, of, of peace, and so I started taking drugs, and I started smoking weed when I was younger. But God, it seems like what was just a, a, a place of escape now is an everyday routine for me. God, I need your help because I know it's not good. God, I got to trust you with it. God, I've had to be the person responsible for my siblings. I've had to be another parent to my siblings because my parents couldn't step up. Because that one parent couldn't step up. So I had to be that the person that worked a job. My first paycheck had to go towards the mortgage. While other kids 
were enjoying the fruit of their labor, God. I was out here trying to make sure things worked for my family. God, it's not been easy, and I'm still dealing with it. God, I've been in this relationship for a while, and when it, when it first started, it was good. It was going great. But about a year ago, he hit me, and I didn't know what to do. And I started making excuses for why he hit me. But God, I'm looking at things now, I'm just realizing every day I think about it. And I don't know how to leave the situation, but God, I've been trying to trust myself and figuring out how to cope with it, and it's not worked. So God, here it is, I trust you. God, the standards of my parents were too high. Every day I came home, I tried my best in school. I just wasn't good at math, but still, I would get whooped. I would get abused. And now, I'm still in college. I'm now a professional, and I'm just trying to prove my family and let them know that all that stuff you did, I'm still okay by myself. But God, I'm not okay. Here it is, I trust you. Keep on writing that. I'll give you a few more moments to write that down. What is it? God, I've been trying to make ends meet but this is the brokest I've ever been before. I don't know how I'm gonna do it. God, my father wasn't around and every man that comes into my way, I just have trust issues and I don't know what to do because I saw the way my mom was treated. I saw the way my mom was treated. And, and, I, don't, and, and, and I don't know if any other man can really step into my life. I've tried relationships and none of them are working. I've been trying to trust myself and build up myself, but it's not working. So God, I trust you. I hear this so, so strongly. I was in a church serving and doing so many different things. And the person I trusted ended up being the person that abused me. And so God, everywhere I go to now, I'm looking all around to see who's next. Who's the person that's trying to target me? They've labeled me a fighter because I always fight off any person that tries to come to me. But God, I know why. This is my wound. And so I trust you. Even right now, as I was preparing this morning, there's a song that came to my mind, and, and, and I want us to do this while we're praying because what I want us to pray about is I want us to say very simply, God, blank, I'm trusting you with it. You whisper it with yourself. Just, just whisper it. I want you to pray that. But what the words of this song are going to say is that you didn't forsake me. You didn't give up on me. 
you never will. And some of you need to hear that this morning, that he's never given up on you. So every wound, every scar that you're carrying, the, the things that people can see, the things that people cannot see, he has not given up on you, and he never will. And so just begin to pray that, God, with this porn addiction, I trust you. We just whisper it. God, you didn't forsake me, and I know you never will. God, you didn't forsake me. Just pray that. God, I, I trust you will. with this addiction. God, you didn't forsake me. And I know you never will. God, you didn't forsake me. And I know you never will. God, you didn't forsake me. And I know you never will. God, you didn't forsake me and I know you never will God I was raped but I still you trust you will. yeah yeah you never will 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 we just all stand up real quick I want us to do something I just hear it so clearly and so what we're gonna do for the next minute you don't have to say specifically what it is but I want you to vocalize it now God I'm trusting you that's it God I'm trusting you God, I'm trusting you with my wounds. God, I'm trusting you with my scars. God, I'm trusting you with what I went through. God, I'm trusting you because I know that you can do something better because I know that you have something better for me, God. I know that you have a better work with these scars. Heavenly Father, you have a better purpose with these wounds, God. I've never really brought it to you before. I'll just try to hide it. But God, I want to let you know I trust you with it. 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 I've been running away from you, God. I, I haven't brought that side of me to you, Heavenly Father. When my, when my friends ask me if I'm okay, I don't tell them the truth because that's the thing I'm thinking about, God. So, God, I trust you, I trust you, I trust you, I trust you. I trust you, I trust you, I trust you, Heavenly Father. I trust you, I trust you, God. God, I haven't believed it before, but God, I'm noticing that you're not going to forsake me. I understand that you're not going to leave me alone. I know that some things happened to me when I was younger, God. I know some things I was exposed to. I don't, I don't know why I was exposed to it, but God, I, I, I trust you with it, God. I have a lot of questions to ask God, but I want to let you know the first thing is that God, despite my questions, I trust you. 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 Oh God, where was my father when this happened? Where was my mother when this happened? But God, you know what? I'm still going to tell you. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. God, because these are wounds, these are scars, these are open wounds, I'm still going through it every day, daily, daily, daily. And God, I don't know how to deal with it. So I'm bringing it before you, God. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you, I trust you, I trust you with the healing, I trust you with the deliverance, I know you have a greater purpose, oh God, so God, oh, God, bring, I bring these scars, I bring these wounds to you, God, I trust you, God, I trust you, God, I trust you, God, 
God, I trust you. going to do it one more time for 30 seconds. But I want you to understand how important this moment is, guys. And God will lead me to read the right ones. I'm going to just be honest with you guys. This is a very serious moment. This is the first start. It starts here. Before we go into any other week in this series, it starts by you putting trust in God that you can make something out of these wounds and these scars. Jesus. Someone put here, God, I trust you because I never felt love. I came from an absent home. God, I have a lot of suppressed anger. I trust you with it. God, I lost a kid to an abortion. God, I'm still dealing with my dad's death. God, I've experienced sexual assault. God, I'm still dealing with soul ties. I saw my parental, my, my parents' relationship, and it was so strained. God, I was rejected. God, my father wasn't there. God, I have self-esteem and I'm trusting you with it. My identity. I was exposed to mental abuse. And so, for one more minute, every wound and every scar on there represents a person that sits in this room. And so, one more time, God, I trust you with it. God, I trust you with it. God, I prayed so many times for something to happen and I felt like you didn't answer, God. God, I, I struggled with an alcohol addiction in college and, and, and I just went all over the place, God, but I'm trusting you with it. God, I was molested when I was younger, but I'm trusting you with it. is my firm foundation
Y'all sing that. He won't. He won't. Just y'all. That's it. He won't fail. He won't fail. He won't fail. Yes, God. He won't. Just sing that a couple of times. Yes, God. Yes, Lord. He won't. Yes, God. There's a lot of, there's a lot in this room 
this isn't even about me. I'm not, these aren't tears for me. It's tears because I, I, I feel the burden of each individual in this room. And so, can we just all join our faith together, stretch our hands towards this? And I believe that the Holy Spirit will begin to connect you to the weight of what's in this box. Every wound, every scar, every trauma, every traumatic experience, every imagery that's in this box. Every every nightmare that's in this every wound that has never been healed, that's never been addressed, things that people have never told anybody, the molestation, the unforgiveness, the disappointment, the exposure, the heartbreak, the insecurities, the identity, the addictions. God, we bring this to you as the first step because you want to do something with these wounds, God. And so, God, we submit these to you, God, and say we trust you. Yes, God, that we trust you with these wounds, God. I trust you with that horrible experience, God. I trust you with what that person did to me. I trust you, God, with the feeling of failure. I trust you, God. I trust you with it, God. I would rather it be in your hands than any other hand, oh God. And so, God, I trust you with it. Heavenly Father, we present this to you, God. Because in this box, there's healing that's needed. There's deliverance that's needed, God. There's some people who have not been able to experience joy because of what's in this box. And so, Heavenly Father, you know every single paper who it's attached to, God. And so we pray as this first step has been established, as this first step has been taken by every individual in this room, God. Lord, they have made this declaration that, God, I trust you. And so, God, I pray that you begin to do a hard work right now. That you begin to start the process of healing, Heavenly Father. That you begin to start the process of every single wound. Let it be healed, oh God. We pray, Almighty Father, that you address every single person. Bring them peace. For some of them, they've not been able to have three, four years of peace because of what's in this box. Jesus. For some people, they feel abandoned. There's some things in this box, Heavenly Father, that has set some people back, oh God. And so, Lord, we submit it to you, God, as a house, Lord. And God, we are more, more concerned, God, about being whole within you, God, than any relationship, than anything else, God. And so, Lord, we submit this and we say, God, we trust you, God. We trust you. We trust you with this. We trust you. We trust you with the molestation. We trust you, God, with that thing. We trust you, Heavenly Father, God, with the abortion. We trust you with the guilt, God. We trust you with the shame, God. We trust you, God, with the multiple voices that we hear in our heads every night. I trust you, God, with the feeling of being abandoned. I trust you, God. I trust you, God. I trust you, God. In the mighty images we pray. The last thing I want to say 
before I transition on is two things, and I sense it very, very firmly. One is, one is something I sense, but the other thing is just something I want to add on. In the story of Jesus Christ, we see that after he shows the disciples, we see a man by the name of Thomas who hears about, hears that Jesus was there. Jesus was, Jesus was here, Jesus was here. And what does Thomas say? Thomas says, if I won't be able to, if I can't put my hand inside the hole, I won't believe it. I want you to understand that what God wants to do with your wounds, what God wants to do with some of your scars, with some of your places of hurt, of course it has a lot to do with your healing and your deliverance, but he also knows that you're going to meet some Thomases out there who are going to say, do you have a story? I, I won't believe you until I, I get to feel your scars. But here's the thing, you will never be able to share what you've been through if you don't give it to God. And so this week we're trusting God with our scars because for the rest of the next three weeks we're going to have therapists, we're going to have people that are coming highly equipped, we're going to be preaching and we're going to be addressing little things, little foxes. Little foxes that don't just take you away from relationships, but also can even affect your relationship with God, can even affect your purpose. And so even as you go home today, continue to say that, God, I trust you with that. What I wrote on that paper, God, I trust you with it. I trust you with it. The second thing I want to say is, and I want us to be very sensitive to this as well. We're going to have prayer, of course, after service. And so we're going to have multiple times for prayer throughout the, throughout the series, of course. But um, there's, I know there's specific people who know that they need prayer specifically after service. And so yield to that voice. Um, we'll have the ministers on the side, of course, after service. And so um, they'll be able to pray with you. I'll take a few as well. Um, but this is the process to deliverance and healing. Amen? This is the process to deliverance and healing. Amen? So you may have your seat. Sorry that the service took a little bit long, but God wants to do a lot of things. And, and so this is just week one. Everybody say, session one. Session one complete. <laughs> Can we make some noise for that? <laughs> session one has been complete. Wasn't so bad, was it? <laughs> just now, um, I want us to also give the opportunity for anyone that's in this room um, that wants to come into relationship with Christ, um, whether it's their first time or whether they've had a relationship with him before, but part of this process of trusting is actually giving their life back to him. And so can we all close our eyes just real quick for anyone that's on, online or in person? I want us to also say this prayer, and as we're saying this prayer, I want us to declare it to God and to him because this is a way of saying we trust him as well, that God, I trust you, and so I'm giving my life to you. And so let's just say this together, but if you truly have that posture and you mean it, I want you to say it with all your heart because he hears you. And so say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Help me to know you better as I accept you today. Take over my heart and dwell in me. Forgive me of my old ways and help me to change into the person that you want me to be. I love you, Lord, and I proclaim that you are my God.
in Jesus' name. Keep your eyes closed just really quickly just for the sensitivity of this moment. If there's anyone that wants to give their life to Christ, whether you're online, I want you to just put saved or text the number that comes up on the screen. But if there's anyone in this room, just raise your hand just really quickly and keep it there for a little bit because I want to pray and just notify and pray with you. Um, if you want to give your life to Christ, this is a step of saying, I trust you, God, with my walk. I trust you with this next Heavenly Father. So if that's you, just raise your hand up and we'll pray with you here. That's good right there. Heavenly Father, and before you write on anything on the cards, I just wanted you to just accept this prayer. Heavenly Father, God, we want to say that these souls are yours, Heavenly Father. We just pray, God, that it's committed to you. They're committed to you, Lord. We pray, Lord, that this will not be a decision that they regret, God. We pray, Almighty Father, God, that even as they're going upon this walk, Lord, they're saying, God, I trust you. I believe in you. I, I believe that you're my Lord and Savior, God. And so, Lord, I pray that you show up for them in these next few weeks, God. We pray, Heavenly Father, every voice of shame, every voice of rejection, every voice of guilt that may try to bring them back into their past life, God, we pray that that voice is shut up, Heavenly Father. We also just pray, Almighty Father, God, that they begin to see um, and encounter, um, encounter the benefits of serving you, encounter the benefits of being yours, Heavenly Father. And I pray, Almighty Father, God, show up within their secret place, O oh Lord. Not just that, Heavenly Father. We pray, Lord, go ahead of them, God. And we just pray that you renew the joy in their salvation daily, monthly, and yearly, God. We pray, Heavenly Father, for everyone else in this room, God. We have declared, God, that we trust you with our scars, God. We put everything on a trust board, God, as a declaration that it's truly yours. It's not our battle, but yours. It's not our weakness anymore because we know in our weakness that you are strong, God. And so, Lord, we commit it all to you, God. We give it to you, and we say, have control. Do what you want to do, God. We pray for healing and deliverance, God, to begin. And, God, we pray, Lord, it shall be completed, O Lord. God, we say thank you. All the glory belongs to you, Heavenly Father. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to the Gap Church Podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations. We celebrate you. Don't forget to text SAVE to 817-381-5353. Again, text SAVE to 817-381-5353. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.